Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I have not made an effort tonight. And it doesn't mean that I don't love this guest tonight, but busy being a pop star by day and podcaster by night and I am feeling pretty strange. Okay it's a good job you've got a lot of support from your mother then to be perfectly fine. I mean I did love you in my in my house this morning but you are the queen of giving the children iPads. Darling the first thing your daughter does is come and say grandma can I look at your iPad? Yeah and you give it to her. Why not? Because it's not chocolate. Can I just what on the on the subject of my daughter? So I love what she wants from Father Christmas. You've got to listen to this. Yeah. I said, have you written a letter to Father Christmas? So she said, not yet, Grandma. I said, what are you going to ask for? A foot spa. <laughs> She's five. <laughs> I said, should I want one of those things where you put your feet in and it's got water and it relaxes She's you? She's my daughter. Um, but I. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Sam's just, I've just done a check-in, check how he's doing with the three children. And apparently he's doing very, very well because he's much better at looking after children than me. He's very good. Anyway, um, I said, you know, did you have the chicken korma with the microwavable rice so it makes your life easier? Yeah. Number two, loved it. Delicious. Number one, wouldn't eat a piece of chicken. What is Nothing. wrong it's with It's just her? a stage. I've got some tortellini in the fridge I'll give you to take home. Oh, God, tortellini. I don't know how they can be so excited by tortellini every day. But, you know, lots of children love salmon that I come across love salmon. Whoopee for them. Well, actually... Maybe tonight they'll eat that. What what have you made tonight, Well, I've made roasted salmon with Mm. salsa verde. So I've got too much salmon, to be honest. It's um, two sides of salmon... And you sam- you put it on a bed of tomatoes, garlic, capers and thyme. Yum. And then you put salsa verde in between the two sides and you roast it in the oven. Hang on, hasn't this been next door in their freezer for a long time? One has been next Why door in the freezer. Why have so much salmon? Who was this going to be for? Her. <gasps> okay. So yes. I only use one side. So, so this might be a bit, the bottom side might be a bit dry, but given that we've got so much, you can not eat that bit. So... There's a reason that this this salmon dish has been saved for this particular guest. I don't know why. I just thought it would be nice. It would be, it's kind of not heavy. I thought it is roasted on a bed of tomato. A friend made it for me and I thought it was delicious. But it was in the freezer because we've tried to, we, we, we have rescheduled this episode. Twice. Yeah, it feels like more than that, Mum. I think once we had to reschedule, and the last time she had COVID... Poor Elizabeth Day, who we are so excited to have, had COVID last time we were going to record. And it was around the time that Magpie, her Sunday Times bestseller... Which I've read. Um, it came out, and she was celebrating it. And well, I must ask her, because it says that Magpie, the film rights, have gone to James Norton Productions. So I wonder if it's the actor. <gasps> And he's she going to be in it. it, yeah. Oh my God, this is so exciting. I wonder if he's going to be in it. So we now have Elizabeth Day, who we all know and love from the most successful How to Fail podcast, which is now going to be a TV series, which makes total sense. She is one of the best interviewers. Yes. Mum, you thought we were doing well with our old cookbook for My Little Foodoir. Well, forget about it. Elizabeth Day has a huge... Oh, she's, she's at here. the door. She's got a huge... Well, I'll talk to her about she'll her. She'll have champagne, Tessas. darling, because I'm think she will ready for a, a drop. I think we need to celebrate. 
hate you are. Oh my god, this is gonna be like a I podcast off. I, I mean, can't wait. How much can we can we um, psychoanalyze each other? I mean, <laughs> we we just get people drunk. Okay, so that's you a know. great tactic, and I'm so up for it. Oh. And also, thank you for being so patient with all the like. Oh my god, we have tried doing this. So last time I was meant to come. I had a, what I thought was a bad cold, and, and I did like COVID. a flu, and it was bloody COVID. I know. So I was very glad I didn't come and like. When was it? That, that was, was it September kind of, the something. It was, was around it, your book. Yeah, it was like. Well, yeah. did I get the book early? Because it was my yeah. holiday read. If it wasn't hardback, then you got it. Was early. it hardback? Yes, then you got it. Early. Yeah. No, I loved it. Thank you so no, much. No, I really. Now I've got that to ask you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been the, the TV rights have been sh- sold. Yes. To James Norton. Is that James Norton? James, James Norton. The yes. fit actor. So yeah. I insisted. Is he going to be the bloke? Well, hopefully he's got psycho killer. Oh, right. he's, he's, he's so not a psycho good. Killer. No, but he's Happy Valley. Valley. Yeah. Psycho yeah. Killer. Oh yeah. Oh, that's Psycho Killer. But he, Happy Valley, but also Prince Andre and Warm Peace. Like he's the perfect combination oh, of he could be good, but he could be. Anyway, and Hyde. so I heard that the, the, his production company was interested and he runs it with this amazing woman called Kitty and I was and they asked for a meeting they're like it can be over Zoom I was like no 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 I insist <laughs> it has to be in person and I need to sit across from James Norton and just gaze at him is he and gorgeous yes but he's also just so nice and so insightful he, he had he's, a reading he's of bright the, is he bright yeah but he had this reading of Jake, the character in Magpie, beyond what I even had. It was just amazing. He just this gave this incredible, like, moving analysis. And you were like, sign, sales delivered, it's yours, baby. I don't even need to pay. I'll just give it to you. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers. Congratulations, muzzle top. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Well done. Yeah. Cheers. 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 And, and cheers to you being cheers, here. Oh, my gosh, it's and so lovely. It is, yeah, long overdue, this. But so much has gone on in this last year for you. But, I mean... We'll gas and chat whilst we're chewing some salmon in a moment. But you are on Table Manners. You've always been a really big supporter of Table Manners. Fan. I think big fan, fan is the correct fan. word, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now's it your time. It's, it is now your time to tell us about the start of your food journey. Family. Let's, let's paint the picture. Who was around the dinner table? Who were you eating with? Because I love this podcast so much yeah. and genuinely came to it as an ardent listener, <laughs> I was like, these are the things that I know Jesse and Lenny are going to ask me. So I was like, what's my first food memory? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I remember. God, I've forgotten about that one. Thank you so there much. You go. Bring yes, it back. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, actually, my first memory ever was being in a pram and my bigger sister, so she's four years older than me, leaning into the pram, offering me a bite of her apple, which I obviously couldn't bite because I didn't have any teeth. But I just remember that being... And I loved food as a toddler. I was a real podgy toddler. Where did you grow up? Grew up in Epsom, was born in Epsom, spent the first four years of my life there. I'm half Swiss, so my mother's originally from Switzerland. So there's a lot of Swiss food. So we have a Swiss birthday cake every year called a Linzer Torta, which What's is... That? Oh, my gosh, it's so delicious. There's like an, uh, an almond, a crushed almond crust... And like yeah. raspberry jam centre. Oh, yeah. Of course weird, that works. It, of course it, really it does. does. So peanut butter and jam, you know, it yes. tastes delicious. I love that combination. Yes. It tastes like that. Well, it tastes Amazing. like almond butter and jam. Delicious. Yeah, it's very nice. I've just had one because it's just called a linser tort. Yes. And, the and where did you get yours from? My mother. As made in, she it. made it for me. Where yeah, did you get it? it did she make it this year for you? Yes. Oh. She still makes me it. What's your mum called? Christine. And was Christine a good cook then? Or a good baby. Well, <laughs> she won't mind my saying this. She had very little interest in cooking because it was just one of those th- additional things that you had to do at the end of the day, like cook for your kids and your husband. Mm. It was like very much that era. And I think she found it just one domestic duty too many. So she never really enjoyed cooking, although she did it. Yeah. <laughs> Mum's nodding yeah, her head and mouthing. Quite, yeah. She never enjoyed it, but, but when she was good at it, she was really good. And also my granny, my Swiss granny, was an amazing cook. And I sometimes think that must be quite hard to live up to as a daughter. Did you find that, darling? <laughs> yes, mother. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and my mother was really health conscious in a, in a kind of congruent way. It didn't feel like, oh, now you're not allowed to eat chocolate or anything. But I grew up eating a lot of salads and fresh vegetables and she never cooked with salt. 
So, oh. so until I was 18, I never added any salt to my food. I just got really used to it. And then when I was 18, I discovered salt. Like when other people discovered drugs, I was like, salt is amazing. <laughs> and now amazing. I'm a salt fanatic. It's I just amazing, add it to everything. isn't it? Yes. I'm How making up funny. for lost time. But she, made, she had some classics which Go-to i still really like yeah gone. like a spinach flan it's not a flanage and tortage isn't it <laughs> spinach flan was delicious she made uh she still makes this ratatouille which is really yummy what's so good about her ratatouille that is does she like pre bake the vegetables because no offense mum, i love you to death but your ratatouille was never my fave because it was slightly sloppy those courgettes looked very sad I don't even know what to say. About <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it is a stew, darling. It's a kind of vegetable stew. I, I mean, know. you can do it roasted, and it does taste better, less wet. Mm. I was, don't mind it. Was wet. your mo- mother's wet. wet? Yes, it probably was quite wet. But I, I suppose I've never really had it another way. And she cooked it with oregano, which I know your American listeners will refer to as oregano. Yeah, right. I, I love that you think we are. We are international. <laughs> like of course we are. It sounds quite healthy then. And you, yes. were you fussy or not? Not at all. I would eat anything and still do. Apart from things I'm actively allergic to. Well, yes, I, I love, I mean, I, I'm don't, sad for you. I'm like the worst and most elite person ever. But I do love that you thought we were going to give you caviar <laughs> yeah. or oysters. I mean, your expectations were quite high, babe. You got salmon, baked salmon. Oh, she did get champagne. Though. Yeah, you I know. Got Thank champagne. you so much. Well, you do like champagne and you I like going champagne. out. Me you too. were I Dolly, one of our favourites. Dolly Alderton and oh. you at the River Cafe, sure. I know at the weekend. Well, that was I quite suddenly, fabulous. I suddenly discovered how much I love a lunch where there's nothing else to do in the rest of the day. <gasps> yeah. With yeah. one of your best I don't friends. even remember those days, but oh, yes. It was just, so Dolly took me out for my birthday. We went to the River Cafe, exquisite food, mm. and we were there from noon until like 5.30, at which stage I went home to bed. I went home and just like watched Married at First Sight and rolled around the sofa. Dolly went to a 50th birthday dinner because that's who she is oh. and that's who I am. You're both <laughs> equally fabulous and I just that's, love it. That's the biggest compliment. Thank you. Has it been kind of amazing for you to both pat yourselves on the back and, and pat each other on the back for the success of your you know the fact that you, you've got film rights for magpie you know she's doing everything yeah. i know about love you you've kind you came from journalistic worlds it's kind of amazing you're leading not similar lives but yeah. you're on the same trajectory i mean i take that as a huge compliment because dolly is 10 years younger than me but blazes a trail mm. for me actually and as you know because i know she's been on this podcast she's so wise mm. beyond her years and extremely generous to mm. other mm. women and so i feel like i'm really playing catch up <laughs> and i'm nowhere at her level at all but it has been really wonderful to have someone who understands the particular nuances and complexities of balancing journalism with podcasts and then Mm. potential TV stuff. And she had such a deserved but rapid rise to the public eye. Mm. And I learned a lot from her and how she dealt with that with such kind of grace under pressure. Because she works incredibly hard. Mm. And and as do you, Jessie, that's Mm. the thing that I think sometimes gets overlooked particularly with successful women Mm. you often get called like a lucky girl and I'm like yes so much luck has gone into any person's success but also you make the circumstances for that to happen and Dolly's a classic example of that of working hard but you know we talked about this when I was on your podcast how to fail which needs no introduction but we talked about the fact that there was like this moment where you got recognized in the sense of how to fail was doing really, really well. Then memoir work, you know, it fell off. It's all kind of, it starts working. You're like, hang on, I've been doing novels before this. But yes. then now Magpie's hit, right? Yes. How many novels have you, did you do before Magpie? Four. Four. So Magpie's my fifth novel and my seventh book. Do you feel like everything has just kind of, the stars have aligned? Yeah. I totally do. And I don't think it's any coincidence. But that is hard work, though. It is hard work. And perseverance yeah. and tenacity and all of that. Yes. And I'm glad it's happened this way round, mm, mm. even though it was an awful lot of hard work, because I'm so grateful, because yes. I know what it's like to write a novel and not have any attention, and mm. to like believe in the book that you put out there, but not get as, as many people buying it or reading it. Mm. And so I'm so grateful 
to the podcast for giving me the platform that I mm. never anticipated at all. And I think podcasting is quite a democratic form, isn't it? You can just do your thing and put it out there and hopefully people listen. Yeah. And I know that people who listen to the podcast have have put their faith in me and therefore decided to buy Magpie. And that's been amazing and, and like, wonderful. Mm. And it also comes with a degree of added pressure. So there yeah. are more demands on my time mm. and I just have to get better at boundaries <laughs> and saying mm. no, which I'm terrible at mm. because I'm so grateful. So it's this kind of... So I've, had a, I've got to have a real talking to myself and next year will be my year of saying polite no's and enforcing my boundaries. <laughs> I'm really hungry. It's oh, what are we having? Ready? Well, I cannot wait. Right, so, right. What, so right. what are we having, Mum? Because I've done nothing. We're okay. having roasted salmon. Delicious. With salsa verde, and it's on a bed of tomatoes. Yum. It's a Rick Stein recipe, Yum. so let's hope it works. Oh, nice. Thank and you. then, and what then are you serving plum, mother? I'm serving it just with charlotte potatoes and some beans delicious just simple delicious simple. that is so my kind of meal and then i've made plum clafu tea yum well i haven't that made it so yet good. it's good totally put what, together uh, what did you eat at river cafe we well i ate um scallops and pumpkin to start which Ooh, was nice Ooh, i've never put so that delicious. together no i've had scallops with like Darling, sweet mashed potato and chorizo mm. but this was Dye. like a similar sort of vibe but actually the pumpkin came with this kind of I don't know nutty subtleness which was really nice and then we both had ricotta ravioli with walnut sauce oh nice it was and I didn't add any salt at all thank you and normally I just find all food needs a little bit pinch of salt and not at the river but cafe. not at the river cafe Did and you then get the pizzetti as well we had to begin with the um, farinara. It's like a chickpea pancake. Oh, yum. That was really nice. And, and what was the pud? I went for... Now, by this stage, I'd had quite a bit to drink, so I can't what fully remember. <laughs> we were drinking... Okay, this will make everyone just... Well, th this hopefully will restore people's faith in Hinge, because I met my husband on Hinge. Yeah. He sent us a bottle of champagne to our table. Oh, my God, I love so him. him. I love him, too. I love him. So, okay, let's talk about Justin for yes. a sec. First date. Well, talk about internet dating. For, well, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, oh, yes. how, how many dates did you go on? Like, before using Hinge, him. or had you done yeah. lots of internet dating before? No, uh, no. So, well, yes and no. So, basically, my situation, How to Fail was born out of a failed relationship, mm. and actually a lot of failures in my 30s. So, I have been married before, and I got married to the wrong person, and then got divorced when I realised that. And that was in my mid-30s. So I was 36 when I got divorced. And then um, I had a bit of time being Elizabeth, single. Elizabeth, you're about 32 now. I love you so how much. How are you 30? <laughs> you got the... Go on. I don't oh, even know how old you are. I've just turned 43. Fuck off! Yeah. You don't look it. Oh my God, that makes me feel very happy. 43? Oh. Yeah. Thank so you. when did you meet Justin? So I met Justin when I was 39. So I was single for a bit. And then I met, classic, cliche, I'd been married to an older man, I met a younger man, I had a relationship, which was delightfully responsibility-free and with someone really nice. Was this after you'd broken up with the... This was after I got divorced. Okay, got it, yeah. right, okay. And we went out for about two years and he ended that relationship three weeks before my 39th birthday. And it was so shocking and so out of the blue and one of the worst periods of my life because it felt like... I'd made all of these decisions mm. and I'd ended up back kind of alone without children, without the family mm. that I really wanted. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to take me ages to find anyone again. And I was a bit kind of lost. That's how How to Fail started because I just wanted to ask other people about how they cope with failure. And it's also when my internet dating started. So that's when I downloaded the apps because I was very much like, I need to be strategic about this. Mm. You know, the dating pool is much smaller when you're 39 and I just need to get out there and have and meet as many people as possible. I can't imagine it's small when you're a gorgeous, accomplished woman. Well, was it hard? It was probably dating. easy for them. <laughs> um, it was really hard, and it taught me a lot about myself. And I, I started off doing Bumble, which actually I ended up not liking because it's that's where the women make the first move. And you think yeah. that sounds really empowering, but actually it makes you feel rejected, really not. rejected constantly. 
And I, I went on a lot of dates and it was that thing of, I'm pretty good at text because I'm a writer. Mm. I really enjoy that kind of text banter. And then mm. the anticipation would mount. The, the, the anticipation's always better than the reality. A hundred percent. Then you'd walk in and instantly I would feel, oh, there's no chemistry there at all. And it would be so soul crushing. Or there'd be those those rare moments where you're like, actually, there is something there, and they wouldn't be interested, and they wouldn't reply oh, you to your see, text. It's like a hundred blind... That's why I could never do internet dating, because it's like a hundred blind dates. I hate that you could go on a blind date, not fancy yeah. the person, but they don't fancy you, and you feel rejected. Mm. I, that's exactly. what I think is so tricky. It's so difficult, and in the end, it, when I say it taught me a lot about myself, I suppose it taught me that very often when someone rejects you it's not to do with you it's to do with their own personal baggage and history mm. and what they've been through and whether they find it easy to trust people or whether they're going to constantly keep going for the wrong type and what I now realize is that I was going for the wrong type so I was attracted to the wrong kind of person for me and I lost a lot of faith in my judgment and internet dating although it was soul crushing made me a better judge of what I wanted so okay who made the first move with Justin and you so with Justin, I'd got to the, I got I was like, I'm done with the apps, deleted them all. Mm. I started doing like real life hookups. That makes it sound like it was sexual. Good like for real you. Life, real Carrie life Bradshaw. Setups. No, yeah. okay, fine. <laughs> I, I, we're going Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, on this yeah. And then there was one morning and it was March and it was snowing. And I'd been invited to my friend's 40th. And I was like, I don't want to go because they all, they'll all have their kids there and oh. they're all married and stuff. Mm. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be able to make it because the train's delayed because of the yeah, snow. Yeah, yeah. And I remembered a friend of mine in LA had mentioned Hinge, this app, which at the time was still relatively unknown. I downloaded Hinge. And I was like, I'll just while away a couple of hours like this. Justin was the first person I connected with, the first person to message me, the only person that I went on a date with. And he was so persistent and consistent in his communication. So we had two weeks of him texting me like every day. And it tells you a lot about the emotional fuckwits that I was seeing. Mm. That I found... Sorry, Lenny, for swearing. Um, You're That I had been so warped by those experiences that I thought it was weird that this guy mm. was texting me every day. I was like, why is he texting me every day? Did it put why you off it? for a moment? Slightly. I was like, this is a bit weird. It's a bit stalky, isn't it? He's telling me what he did with his day. <laughs> and then finally... I well, And also, and he, a was proper person. Being, he was just being a grown-up. Yeah. And in the end, he was like, Elizabeth, I'd like to meet you. And I was like, I like, I like this masterful tone. <laughs> He's like, I'd like to meet you. I'm traveling a lot for work over the next few weeks. These are your options. We could either meet for coffee, which is very low risk, because you might hate me, but it'll be quite quick. How sweet. He's got the kindest face. He's so, I don't oh my know God, him, he's so he's got those eyes. He's so kind. He really is. How His have face you seen represents. Because I see him. I follow them <laughs> on, on Instagram. Instagram. Oh my God. Wait, I'm I don't follow you Justin. Picture. But yeah. I'll show you. Yeah, Handsome, I'll show you. Lovely, kind. Um, and then he's like, well, you could go for lunch and you'd get a free meal, but it would be slightly longer in my company. Or we could meet for a cocktail. And I was like, I like option C. <laughs> Me too. And so we where did you go? Where did you go? We went to, it's, it no longer exists. It was called the Dandelion Bar. It's been renamed in the, uh, the Mondrian Hotel in Sea Containers, London, which just Which changes all the time, though. Like, changes so, all, okay, such so, a quick turnover. Yeah. And I thought... I'll just go on this date because he seems quite nice. He suggests this then. He yeah. suggested yeah. it. And what's your cocktail? Margarita. And what was his? Oh, my cocktail at the time, Yeah. I think, was possibly a vodka martini. And his is a gin martini. Okay, but we did, so there was a little, like, there was a little, little meeting of martini yeah. minds. Yeah. Um, and he, his photos on Hinge did him absolutely no justice. So I had quite low expectations for the date. To the extent that the day before you didn't I had dress up, you look like no. Jessie looks <laughs> tonight. Jessie looks beautiful. <laughs> no if my hair like Jessie looked with no makeup, I would have worn no makeup. Um, I had booked tickets to move to LA full time. I was like, I'll just get this date out of the way, and then that's it'll be my new life when I'm off to LA. And then I walked into the bar and was assailed, visually assailed by this incredibly handsome man. I was like, oh my gosh! And I just there was an immediate connection. And, and he was so great, but it took me a really long time to trust that. And, and, and I think, you know, we'd both been kind of burned before and he is also divorced. So it's a second marriage for both of us. And we just like, 
been through it a bit. So we were much clearer about what we wanted, but we mm. were also, it took us a long time to kind of open up and be vulnerable with each other. So there was quite a bit of sort of skirting around things for the first six months. And then, and then when we said that we loved each other, like, that was it. And that was the commitment. And he's amazing. And he'll hate that I'm talking about him because he's incredibly private. But he really is just like the most amazing man I've ever met. And I feel like extraordinarily lucky. So How to Fail is going to be a TV show. Well, very early stages. So How to Fail, the podcast, spawned a, me- a, a sort of memoir, sort of manifesto, also called How to Fail. Mm. And uh, that came out in 2019. Mm. And it was it has sort of thematic chapters. So there's like How to Fail at Anger, How to Fail at Dating, How mm. to Fail at Babies, How to Fail at Friendships, all that sort of stuff. And um, I, I was approached by a production company who wanted to fictionalise those experiences in a sort of drama with tinges of comedy. And I've never been interested in adapting my own work because I think it's a totally different skill set and I'm wildly intimidated by it. Uh But for some reason, because it was non-fiction and because I'd drawn from my own life, it felt less wild to contemplate doing it. So that's a very long-winded way of saying I'm writing a pilot script at the moment for Sky, who've commissioned this pilot, and I'm sort of learning as I go. But so it, it will is a be a fictionalised version. Yes. So, okay, kind of like the everything I know about love is a yes. fictionalised version of Dolly's book. Yes. Is it a kind of similar world we're thinking about? No, not yes. world, but like, exactly. I'm just trying to copy Dolly. No, 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 no. But that's really, yeah, exactly. that's really exciting. So there's a, there's a character in it called Liza, and she has a job on a Sunday newspaper and she has some of my experiences but she's a completely different character from me yeah and she's got two best friends and it's like and it's yeah it's about there's a whole sort of fertility storyline in there which is stuff that I went through that I really it's really important to see on tv I totally agree and to see in a way that's real Mm, and mm. and I feel like written by someone who's actually been through it is important so are you writing it are you doing it writing with somebody else that I, I mean, how I'm writing you, it. You're writing it. Yeah, but the production company have been amazing because um, three of them sat in a room with me over a week and we basically storyboarded the whole first season and where it would go. And it was my first experience of like writing really collaboratively. Did you like it? I loved mm. it because normally writing is really solitary, yeah. as you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not enjoy writing on my own. Um, shall I just sh- serve you? Yes, thank you yeah. so much. Um, delicious. This is, yeah, can I just live here? I, can I just... I feel like we're semi-related because I'm now 18.2% Ashkenazi Jewish. I messaged oh, you about that. And, you remember, well, you know what? And I did a DNA... T- I yeah. got it for my husband after you got it for Justin. Your kid... No, Justin got it for me. Uh, Justin so got it for you. the same thing. So I got it for my husband oh, for our anniversary. Okay. That was a great present. Because... I was like, you've just done your... Did you do Ancestry? No, I did 23 in me. Okay, I did Ancestry. I don't know no. why I did that one, but... Yeah. It was very... Um, how do you feel now that you know that you're a bit Jewish? Um, thank you so starts. much, Lenny. That looks delicious. Um, Help yourself I to these. I feel thrilled because I've always felt quite Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember... I once interviewed Rachel Weiss, lovely Rachel Weiss, uh-huh. and she said halfway through the interview, she's like, you feel really familiar. Like, have we met before? And I was like, and I was like, you feel really familiar to me too, but I don't think we have met before. And then I've read that she's asking how you do it, so we're probably cousins. <laughs> I was thrilled. Oh, I'm absolutely nice thrilled. Sense. Thank so you. Did they say Thank what you so region much. you were from? Uh, yes, like basically ham- outside Hamburg. Oh. So, so I knew that I had German ancestry. I'll have one more, thank you. <laughs> that looks so nice. Okay. Um, I knew I had German ancestry, but I hadn't realised that they were all Ashkenazi Jewish and they were all marrying each other. Yeah. They look amazing. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. You've got like, <laughs> you you have a steak I of salmon. by the time you thank take you. off the skin. So, Mum, you've done so the South Verde inside. Yeah. Yum. It very so nice, pretty. Mother. Does it? Yes. yes. Gorgeous. You're going to help yourself to one. I will help myself, okay. Thank you. How can it not taste salty when I put loads of salt on? That's delicious. Oh, it's very nice. And that is perfectly cooked. And cooked to perfection, Lenny, Mother. How long do you leave it in for? It was half an hour, but it was two sides mm. of salmon. Mm. Um, I think very this soft. is a really nice that recipe. This is so good. This is a nice recipe, Mum. Yeah. 
Are you a good cook? I am a good cook. Are you? Just going to claim it. But Justin is much better than I am. Oh, God, oh, he's no. so Heaven. much better. <laughs> yes, and he and he actively enjoys cooking. So during lockdown, I got quite lazy, and he would just produce these really nice meals. And he likes following a complicated recipe, whereas I'm the kind of I'm a more instinctive cook yeah. where I'll just like do whatever mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. lying around. I'll sort of put together. Yeah. And I'm also a terrible one for like discovering something I like and then eating that every single night for sort of six months. If I can, if before I was married and when I was single, like, that's what I would do. So what was the dish that springs to mind? I would do um, one of the... You know, you get those kind of Buddha bowls. Yes. <laughs> the worst name. But I'd do a kind of melange of like quinoa and spiralised courgette and a bit of salmon and mm-hmm. some pesto. And uh, pesto mixed in with <coughs> yogurt or creme fraiche. Yep. Did you, it's delicious. Yeah. It's all you want with some seeds. Mm-hmm. You feel really virtuous mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Eat, pray, love. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I liked a bit of that. You can't taste chilli in this, can you? No, is there chilli? Yeah. I do like it though, Mum. It's very nice. Mm. It's really good. Well done, Rick Stein. You're quite good. Um, so, what's Justin's dish? I mean, he seems Mm. to do everything. He's quite... (laughs) What's the cookbook that you're going to at the moment? Um, he likes Ossolenghi, like everyone else, but... (laughs) Of course, complicated dish. Yeah. Yeah. So he does a great kind of, um, aubergine parmigiana or it's like Mm, yeah it's so delicious and he also does an amazing slow roast lamb with kind of butternut squash and really delicious like Lebanese rice with pomegranate seeds lovely Lebanese is my favourite cuisine I think and he's also Justin's half Italian so he makes his own pasta and all of that Mm. yeah (laughs) he's an absolute keeper it's like I've made him up yeah it is (laughs) actually Hello, Table Manners listeners. I just wanted to let you know about my new podcast, Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast, which follows my pregnancy journey and with the help of some brilliant experts will reassure and inform you about all aspects of pregnancy and giving birth. Throughout my pregnancy, I spoke to consultants, midwives, obstetricians, sonographers, mental health experts, doulas, home birth midwives, reflexologists, the list goes on. And with the help of questions from other pregnant people, the podcast covers as many aspects of pregnancy and giving birth as possible. I'd love you to have a listen and please let your pregnant friends know about it. You can subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Lenny, what are you watching on TV at the moment? Mostly medical dramas. She loves a medical, I love like, medical dramas. What's the Chicago? Oh, no, Amsterdam. New Amsterdam. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the Resident. ER. Have you rewatched all of ER? No, I, I, I loved Dr. Green so much mm. that I could never watch him again. Mm. Um, Dramatic. The, who, who else was there? <laughs> the, so there's. Did the you resident, used to watch Casualty? Chicago Med. Oh, I She still. Is it still going on? Is it still on? Of course it is. Your mum's the only person that still watches. No, I'm not. It's the most watched program on TV. No, no that's, that's a lie. Why do you think it's still that's going? Why do you think it's still going? Because it's so popular. They've got to turn off after. I also the watch. I watch Ambulance. I watch 24 Hours in AME. I watch any. That's why. Maybe, it's oh, maybe you should be trained as a doctor. You know, Alex my dad's a doctor. Who is he? And he. The only thing he watched was Casualty, and he said it was very representative. Yeah. It was absolutely accurate. I, what kind of doctor was he? He was a general surgeon. He's oh, retired now. So, how, which is basically ge- in the midsection. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. So not like. 
What's a uh, gastro? Yeah, he'd do a lot of kind of bowels. <laughs> Just a nice topic as we're eating. But he also latterly got into war zone surgery. So I grew wow. up in Northern Ireland and he did a lot of kind of post bomb surgery on he victims. Was near where Dad what was, was it what was yeah. it like growing up in Northern Ireland? Um it was a weird combination of being so I obviously speak with an English accent. My parents are English, and I never picked up the Northern Irish accent. You didn't, and it wasn't modern or pattern. And my father so was good. Northern Irish. He are was you born joking? In Bel- no, he's born in Belfast. How long were you there for? Um, my parents were there for twenty-two years. I moved out. We moved out when I was four. So my dad got a job at oh, Alan so McGovern General. Oh, so it didn't touch it just the didn't, accent. It didn't touch me. And I went to school there until I was. 13 and I didn't have a very good time at secondary school partly because I spoke with an English accent and um, I ended up getting a scholarship to a boarding school in England and so then when I did that I would come home every holiday but I wasn't like living there day to day and I think it's only as an adult that I realise and I've spoken to other people about this including Jamie Dornan who is like younger than me but main but he went to the same school as me in Belfast yeah and we were chatting about it, and I actually, it was quite traumatic for an entire generation of children, because we were essentially growing up in a war zone. Mm. There were bombs going off left, right, and centre, and it was quite scary. <laughs> and I didn't realise that at the time, because I just accepted it as my reality. But now, looking back, I think it definitely affected me, and I think it probably made me into a writer, because I became quite used to being quiet and, so, and not speaking because I didn't want people to judge me on my voice. And so wow. I think I became quite observational. And it's one of those cultures where so much of the most important stuff is left unsaid. And that's what fascinates me as a writer as well. What's a memory from Northern Ireland with food? What yeah. is something that really bring you back there? The thing that I loved most, two things I loved, a potato cake... Mm. Fabulous. A potato farm that you could just, we used to, oh my gosh, just to get them in a packet. It's almost like, it looks almost like a flatbread, but it's um, made out of potato. Thicker, but it's made out of potato. They call them potato potato farms. Yeah, well, actually, there's a slight difference. It's not like a rosti or anything. No, it's the one that Gaga used to get. Did she get yeah, them? Yeah, and, and you put a little bit of melted butter on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potato farm. They're quite sweet, but like a bit. Claggy. Yeah, a bit claggy. Yeah, claggy, kind of flour on the top. Yes. Yeah. I would put one in a toaster and it would come out and I'd put loads of butter on it and then and then a few slices of cheese. Mm. Just cheese and potatoes, you can't Do go you wrong. you still get potato cakes? Yes, you can get Where potato farts. I feel like they're too yeah. posh now. I, I like the really... I know Paul Rankin makes them, but they, they don't taste the same as the ones in my youth. The other thing that I loved was the local supermarket, Stewart's, had a pizza bar and... This was at a time when pizza, I feel like it was it's really cutting fancy. edge. Mm. It was really cutting edge. Mm. And so you got to choose whatever you put on. Wow. And I was like, I'll have peppers and chorizo. And I, I remember that being so exciting as a child, to be in control mm. of your dinner. <laughs> I want to ask you mm-hmm. what your last supper would be. Now, do you want to go to a desert island or do you want to be on death row? Oh, well, I mean, no, please don't. Death no one's, but like, I know. If you're going away for six months and this is your last supper, the thing I like about the death row scenario mm. is that you don't have to care, like, what impacts that meal will have on you because I want to eat everything. Okay, fine. <laughs> but I'd rather, just for the sake of optimism, be on yeah, this island. Yeah, fine. Okay. Mm. But can it not be too hot when I'm eating my last meal? Because oh yeah, no, okay. You've ch- you can choose the temperature. You can tell that I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. Because mm. I'm like I've just always dreamed of being on this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm excited about this answer. So I would start with a perfect avocado vinaigrette. Mm. Preferably from the Wolsey, because I don't know how they do it, but they always get a perfectly right avocado, and I love their vinaigrette. I just love the Wolsey. Oh, so do I. Do you? Is it basic to love the Wolsey? I don't care. Because I love it so much. I, I put it in magpie. Special. I know. No, it is good. The atmosphere, it depends what you order, and the atmosphere is always amazing. They do, we went for I'd rather ha- I vomited it all off because the eggs bend it. I'm, I'd rather go to the, Bell- I'd rather have the Bellinger. But That's they're the same nice. people. Yeah. Yeah, it is the same the people. Delorney. I think the food's a bit... The Delaunay I like. Mm. 
I think the food's slightly better. I don't. I, 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 I'm with you on the walls here. I just like it's it. It's so special. When I you feel like have I'm a cocktail that. I like yeah. the, I feel like I'm in the, the, the buzz. Yeah. And, Has your and, cocktail taste changed? Over the years, yeah, definitely. You are you still on margaritas and? I got martinis? massively into margaritas during lockdown. I never had them before, but I love tequila and mezcal because I feel like. It's Should really... I go and get you a drop, Elizabeth? Do I've you have some, some? I've got no. I've got some tequila that I made something. Probably got like that bloody Jose. What's it's got face? a sombrero on it. Mine. Yeah, no, oh, that's no, really. No, you're okay. <laughs> that it's like when it. you're in Magaluf. I bought it for that's cooking. For me. I bought it for cooking. <laughs> I'll bring you mescal. No, I'm next loving. Time. I'm loving this wine. Good. Yeah, it's really nice. Mine. Good, darling. Really I've nice. got loads of um, bottles of that. So, okay. So, so avocado vinaigrette. Okay. Stop. I actually, do you know what? I'd start with a with a vodka martini, dry with an olive. You like yeah. dry Dirty things. You're not. I love dry. I'm very savoury and not sweet. Oh, Thank would you, you rather not have the clafferty? Because I've got a bit of no, cheese in the because fridge. Because clafferty is quite a savoury pudding. <laughs> is it? I think it's so. It's a batter, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not <laughs> sweet, sweet. <laughs> So anyway, I'd start with an avocado vinaigrette and then for my, I'm going to have a pasta course and then a main. A preemie. Yeah. Oh, someone's so. been to the River Cafe recently. Come on. Yeah. And I'm just going to be really unoriginal and have that pasta dish that I had at the River Cafe, which was ricotta was ravioli good. with a walnut sauce because it really was that yeah. good. I wonder how you make a walnut sauce. I know. It's intriguing, isn't was it? it? Did it have a tang with it? You see, I don't like eating raw walnuts. I think that own. what they do but is toast it and then just liquidise it, it with some, something. The mm. other thing that was amazing about that dish is that it came with the parmesan already grated on it. And because I am a huge I cheese fanatic, parmesan, yeah. I love parmesan, I normally want a whole shed load. I yeah. want a bowl of my own. Can I ask you a really perfect. big question? Yes. Do you have parmesan on seafood? Always. Me too. And I hate and they look at you when they say, And you have to say, look, I know it's not right, yeah. but please can I have parmesan on my seafood pasta? Why is it not right? Because seafood you comes... mix cheese with fish. Who but says? That's what they door. say. That's yeah. bullshit. No, Who says no, that, though? Just no Italians? Cheese. Yeah, <laughs> Italians. They say no cheese with fish. Okay, well... Okay. So I, well, I'm going to have Jessie, that move, pasta. Give me that, that plate because so it looks revolting for you. Do you want? Do you didn't want any more? No, she had it literally like, like it was, yeah, it was yeah. huge. It was so yummy. Um, then I would have a lobster, um, like a specific dish that I had. Actually, it was Rick Stein. I went to not Rick Stein's restaurant in Padstow, but his kind of franchise pub. <laughs> There's a pub that Rick Stein owns in Padstow where okay. I had the best lobster. And in in the, like with clarified butter, and it came with this delicious broccoli side with like anchovies and capers oh, yeah, on yeah. it, and it was exquisite. So I would like lobster, but instead of French fries, I would like I think potato dauphinoise. Oh, oh my quite god! Rich. I, I know, have that but it's my last lobster, meal. Yeah. I know I wouldn't normally, but it's my last meal. Okay. So I just want all my favourite <laughs> um, things. Yeah. And then the continental way of doing this, and I know this because I because of my Swiss heritage, is to have. Cheese before pudding. I know. So, but I like I'm to carry on with the cheese. Exactly. So, See, I, I, I have the pudding, around. then I have the grapes out, yes. and we just go all and night with nice, yes. And I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And because I prefer cheese to most puddings, but not clafouti, um, I it would be nice to like end with the cheese. So, for pudding, I would like my mother's Eve's pudding, which is oh, oh my god, it was so good. Mashed apple, yeah, um, and then just a sponge, but sponge. on top. Yeah. But like sometimes the sponge was like left slightly uncooked at the bottom, and so, so it was kind of gooey into yeah. the apple, and it was so delicious. And she always that was that that's my favourite of her puddings. What do you call it? An Eve's pudding. Eve's pudding. pudding. No one's ever talked about. Is an it Eve's quite seventies? It's possibly quite seventies. That's why. And then after the Eve's pudding, I would have a massive cheese board. Yeah, Not me with, too. I don't want blue cheese. <gasps> See, I love a blue cheese. That's it. I mean, maybe I'll... I've got a blue so, stick in the fridge your, that I love. It's Leicester with blue, blue in it. Stick. Yeah. Okay. What was your wedding cake? A cheesecake. One of those cheese cake? things. Did we have... I don't think we... Well, no, I think we didn't Did have one. We had cake? apple crumble. We didn't cut a cake. I think... Oh, I like that you had an apple crumble. Yeah. We didn't cut anything. It just seemed... What was your first dance? Didn't have a first dance. <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm so sorry. Sorry. You need I can talk about my bloody... first wedding, <laughs> where oh, I, did okay. I did do what, all of those what things. What was your first what, first dance for your first wedding? <laughs> first dance for the first wedding was Love Cats by The Cure. That was quite good, even uh, though yeah. the marriage didn't work out. I know, and the cake, the cake was made by my sister for the first wedding, and okay, it was just like a conventional fruitcake. So, 
I just feel like this time around we just didn't want to do the weddingy things. Uh-huh, we just wanted uh-huh. to just just be together in a way. What is your song with Justin though? Have you talked about this? We have, and we don't. I feel like we don't yet have one. We don't yet have. Uh... Oh no, sorry, that's a complete lie. <laughs> we'll edit that. We do have one. <laughs> so I walked that walked into the folly at the pig to Etta James at, at last. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And then we walked out to my favourite song, which I think has become our favourite song, which is House of Pain Jump Around. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite a, a gear change. But it just makes How me so happy. How did you learn that about each other? Because at my 40th birthday, which I had quite soon after meeting Justin... I had a party and I insisted the DJ, who was absolutely amazing. It was just like a local bar in Kentish Town and it had this underground room that they rented out. And he was a bar, a part-time barman and a part-time DJ. And I said to him, the only thing that you're allowed to play is like 90s hip-hop. Like that's the only genre. And you're not allowed to take any requests. And he was as good as his word. (laughs) It was absolutely amazing. To the extent that my friend Julie went up and asked for Donna Summer. He was like, I'm afraid I'm not at liberty to play that. (laughs) (laughs) And and he played How Spain Jump Around. And I was like up on the bonquette, like doing the rap in a really embarrassing white woman way. But um, Justin has known since then that I love that particular track. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I've never made this before. It smells I'm so good. I'm enjoying this. It's slightly like a bread and butter pudding. Mm. Yeah. That's what it is. It's battered, darling. Really, it's so good. Mm. Coming from someone who doesn't love puddings, mm. this is delicious. It's got that, like, slight egginess that I really yeah, like. It's very... Yeah. It's a bit eggy. I love the egg. It's a bit flammy, Mum. I mm. like that, though. I like it. I like that. Listen, you know how much I love a flam. Mm. Mm. Jessica. <laughs> no, I'm Jessica. Jessica, for someone who's not caught for two f***ing years... So, mm. look, please don't give me the middle finger. Where people can't see this. Look, the, the things that people don't see is mum swearing at me. You know, you talk about me not swearing, you're sticking the old finger up. Interesting, because I've actually slaved over a hot stove and you. That was waltz, not for me, that was for but you this waltz, wonderful you woman. You waltz in and then you're critical. I didn't waltz in. You do waltz in and critical. I didn't waltz in. I ran critical. in and said, I'm really Jessie's sorry. Jessie's critique is always. You always. Jessie goes like this. Oh, what do you think? You think you've done not too badly? And Liz was saying, great. And she said, a bit eggy. Of course it's eggy. It's got but four eggs that, in the do pool. You, do you value her honesty? No. Like, you know her <laughs> She's like, no. Shut up. <laughs> so, you know, we've got an idea that, you know, you, you eat out River Cafe. You're quite glamorous. <laughs> you are fantastic. Where are some of the other, like, local spots? That you're yeah. a South London girl. Yes. Where do you love to go in South do you London? Do in South London? Yes. Foxhall. Yeah, but I've been all over the place like a massive slut. I I've just I've lived in it. I've given I myself you lived to every in area. Hill. No, but I love you. It. You are quite that. a Notting Hill. I've actually never lived in Notting Hill, but I thank you. I absolutely thought you lived in Notting Hill. Why did you? I don't just know. Just the demeanour. Like I'm in a Richard Curtis movie. Yeah. Yes. Is that what it is? That must be it. It's <laughs> a Justin story. It so feels do like you a live yes. in the place where they have the swimming pool that you can see through? Uh, no, but that's really nearby. And they've redeveloped that whole area, Nine Elms, mm. by the American Embassy. And unwittingly, I was there, because one of my favourite cafe is there, called District. Give them a shout out. They're an Australian oh, cafe. Oh, good coffee then. Great coffee, although I don't drink coffee anymore. Oh, is that in that like new build bit right by yes. the embassy? Yes, right I have embassy. had a good coffee by them. It's yeah, and they do really nice like brunch style food. Mm. I love the sweet corn fritters. Mm. You come with avocado and creme fraiche, delicious. Lovely. And there's the sky pool there, and I was unwittingly there on the day. I didn't realise, but it was the day that the sky pool was unveiled. And I like posted about it on Instagram stories because it's quite weird seeing you know naked Roman Kemp like swim across above your head. He's got the flat. <laughs> was, in Roman, there. was Roman He's, Kemp in there? Yeah, <laughs> the oh day that I then later discovered because then it went it went viral. Not my post, but suddenly it was just like everywhere. It was in the Evening Standard. It was in Forbes. It was the New York Times. And I was like, oh, I was there the day that it opened. Didn't really realise. Anyway, my local spots. There's a nice place there called Darby's which is where I had my birthday dinner. I don't know Derby. It's quite new. So it's Nine Elms, and they do great margaritas, and they also do... Christmas lunch, darling. It's a really... It's a very nice, like, sense of occasion place. It feels quite New York-y. It's got nice tile work. Yeah. They do these, like, tile work. I like that that's an important factor to the ceilings. Yeah, I like this. They do these kind of um, beef-dripping roast potatoes that Mm. are kind of 
very thinly sliced Ooh. and are sort of amazing. They're in kind of cubes, but they're thinly sliced within yeah, the cube. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I like Derby's. I love Brunswick House. Jackson Boxer. Fab. Love yeah. Jackson Boxer. Love him. He's fab. And there's so you're nearer there. You're in very close you're to Brunswick near the House. South Lambeth. Yes. Where's your Portuguese spot then? Which Portuguese? Do you know? Okay. The coffee there is sensational. Okay. So I've never been to Australia because we moved in just before lockdown. And so then lockdown happened and we were discovering our area. We were in the process of going to all these local restaurants and then lockdown happened. And I still, we still haven't been, but I've heard so many amazing things about Australia. And it's always packed. I've ever drunk. Yeah. It is fantastic, Chess. Have you been to the Canton Arms? Yes. Really like that. Incredible. They do an incredible breakfast martini, which is a martini with like marmalade in it. It's oh, wow. amazing. Oh my God. It's amazing. Stockwell Continental on that road is really nice for Where's pizza. That? It's just a few doors down from the Canton Arms. Okay. And then the other place that I love is called 24 The Oval, which is on the other side. And that's a lovely local restaurant. With a, It's quite small with a limited number of tables and they do incredible meat. Oh, and it's just a great atmosphere. It's a great, great, Thank yeah, you. pleasure. We've got your, we've got your last supper. <laughs> now you need to ask me my karaoke song. Oh my God, Jesse hates me. but I love I karaoke. So do I. What's, I do. Come on, what's your karaoke? I'm song? a terrible singer, so therefore I rap. So my, <laughs> okay, karaoke, so my karaoke track is "Skilos." I wish. Oh wow, that's. But you're very tall. I know. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't inhabit the words. No, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you said that. Because I don't First wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a little I, bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was like five foot nine, had a girl I would call her. <laughs> I'm better at it when I do karaoke. I think I can... Maybe do they we should have incorporate it on the list? into this magpie. I don't know. Maybe we into need like to have a, like a, I don't know, a kind of... to fail table manners Christmas party. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The problem is, Elizabeth, you yeah. say how to fail, but you're a huge success. That's very lovely you of you. You are. But I think I, I that wasn't. That was such a good book. <laughs> it was Thank my favourite so book of the summer. It was but great. You are, you are kind of the Adele now. It's like... But do you feel... Oh, I love that comparison. At, you know, you've... You know, I've glossed up. Yeah, but you're there. So can you... Like, do you still feel like you're failing in departments? Yeah, I mean, my whole thing around failure... Because I've, I've become a lot more educated about mm. what failure is and a lot more thoughtful around it because I get to speak to such amazing people about how they think of it and so now I feel like you can only truly be authentically yourself which for me is is actual success yeah if you have failed and if failure has stripped back all of those pretenses and those masks that we wear day by day mm. and and it's taught you something about yourself and you've had to look at yourself honestly in the face and be like okay I failed at that and how am I going to respond to it? That's the mm. test of character. So for me, it's kind of congruent because I've learned a lot about failure and I feel more myself and that for me is the definition of but success. The failure mm. was only in terms of relationship. You haven't failed at other things. No, but I think what I failed at was being myself mm. and feeling like myself was enough for a really long time. And that definitely had an impact on my career, even though on paper I was doing absolutely fine and I was like a feature writer for a Sunday newspaper. But it never, I never felt comfortable with myself. I always mm. felt like I had to try to be more. Why? Do you think there's someone over your shoulder? that Often people who feel they've not achieved much feel that they've, their parents expected more of them. Do you think it was that? God, that's such a good question. Um, I think my parents are amazing and they expected good things of me. And therefore, because they were anticipating that I do well, and by their own admission, they wouldn't necessarily say, you've done well and we read your report and well done. They just expect it. And so I'm someone who needs affirmation. Yeah. And who needs a kind of sense of someone else saying that I've done well. Because ultimately, it's all about connection. Like, living life is all about our connections with other people. Mm. We can't exist in a solitary space. And so I always needed to know how other people were perceiving me. And that can get very dangerous when you don't have enough 
of your own identity as a kind of solid foundation. And in my 20s, I think I ended up in a series of romantic relationships where I was just outsourcing my sense of self to what they wanted. And I, I didn't really know what I wanted. And that led me into sort of tricky territory personally and professionally where I wasn't pursuing stuff that I really desired because I'd lost touch with what I did really want. So what next now? You, you, Magpie might be made into a TV series, we're hoping. How to Fail is developing. Do you the carry novel. on writing? Yes, I think writing is my first true love. As a journalist or as a novelist? No, I always want to write books. And journalism has been amazing for me, but I feel like I've got too many jobs at the moment. And so I, I have a weekly column. I've actually just given that up. Um, I'm doing a few more, and then by next year, I won't have that anymore. And I feel like I'm taking a pause on journalism for a while so I can concentrate on other things. Um, writing books, doing the podcast, and also I have a yearning still to be a mother. And so... I'm going to focus on that and I need to create space for that because I am of a certain age and it's not going to be easy for me and I do have a certain fertility history and so that's going to be part of something I focus on rather than wanting it to happen just No, you're going to have to work at it. Exactly, exactly. And um, I want to create space for that so I've been quite intentional about that and I talk about it because I want to put it into the universe in a way, like I want to talk about it in the knowledge that it will happen. And so that's what my next focus is. Oh, oh, oh wow, lights No, sorry, oh, I don't amazing. know. I just managed to get the, the lights oh, work. Is that on a timer? Or it was on like, a timer, but it's not supposed to go off that, that early. Comment and then I feel like it's the universe sending sorry. a message. Elizabeth Day, this has been greater than we could have possibly imagined. What it just makes me so happy and thankful that we get to do this and call it work. I said, yeah. it is you need to come so again, fantastic. Come. We I'd could love to meet Justin. Oh my gosh, he would love yeah. to. Yeah, thank you for being here, just being such a supporter of table manners, but also just um, such good fun. And honestly, I, we learn a lot from you with your amazing podcast. Elizabeth Day. I knew I loved her before, but like, I love her. I think I could have her as another child. <laughs> I also think she should be how to succeed, not how to fail, because she's so successful. That was very good, Mother. Did you think? I liked it a lot. I feel like she could be the new Parkinson as well. She's so interested. I mean, look, she likes the podcast, which also helps. She's also she, she knew very what was generous. going on. She'd yeah. come and prepared the old questions, and she didn't want to leave. Very interesting person. Sign of a, a good meal, hopefully a good episode. I, I think anyone who can decide how to, where to sell their book to for film rights on the basis of it being James Norton has got a very good eye. <gasps> oh my God. I just, yeah, what amazing, um, a, a national treasure. I'm, I'm putting it out there. Elizabeth Day, we all love you. Love the dress. I mean, she's so glamorous. Very elegant. She's got like, what they call veja. Um, trainers, the BJAs, the and, oh, and then but then got this Bellafroy dress on, and just then, like the cheekbones. Did you know? Fantastic cheekbones. Yeah. We're not objectifying Elizabeth Day. She is more than just a cheekbone and a red dress. Absolutely. Um, and we are just I feel super very proud fun of her. and very interesting. You know. Yeah. We chewed the fat. We drank the wine. Yeah. We ate the clafouti. Did you like that? I did. Good. It's better slightly cooler than it is hot, hot, I think. They said to serve it straight away. For me, it's better when it's just set a bit. Um, Right, sorry to keep you up. Sorry, I'm very tired. I mean, even Elizabeth was like, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was just having such a nice time. And I've got to catch up with Shetland, so can you fuck off? (laughs) (laughs) You are such a cat. Yeah, please. Thanks for listening. See you next week if I'm bloody allowed to come back. Yes, you are, darling.
Thank you for listening. Uh, the music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.